Cattle inventory is back in the news. We're going to talk Arkansas catfish and rice production here in the state right now on today's episode of the Arkansas AgCast. You're listening to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Jason Brown and John Nickman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm telling John that one of my greatest achievements in life, that little opening read that I, I do every time is completely ad lib, not really written, not rehearsed. I may try like run through it once before we do. And that's honestly one of the probably the best things I do in my life. Every time I do it, I'm like, what happened? I just blacked out. And I'm not like bragging on myself. That's not saying much. It's just like... <laughs> Can't believe I just like, did that. Just let's spit that out. Don't stumble. It's a surprise I don't stumble over my words is really what I'm saying. Well, you get at it. You've had a lot of practice over the last So you're saying months. every time we start this show, you're truly shocked and amazed. Uh, I literally am like, oh, uh, okay, well, we did that. And again, that's not brag. Anybody should be able to do that at any time. That's to, to say that that's one of the... <laughs> Things that I do. Well, he's not telling you how many times he says it sometimes before we actually start the podcast. Uh, Well, (laughs) that happens from time to time, but Brian helps us out on the editing front. So, uh, magic. How are you guys? I feel like it's been a little bit since we since we were in here uh, because we didn't do a regular show last week. We're at O and L the week before, which Brian wasn't able to join us for. Matthew filled in, Uh, so it's been a little bit since we've been back in the studio. All four of us. Oh boy, don't know. Don't don't even don't even have a it's been a minute. Yeah, you, yeah. me, and Matthew were uh, at O and L. Yeah. What about yeah. the week before that? Uh, we might have been in here. Maybe. Yeah, but I don't know that Matthew was here. He's probably doing yeah, a video shoot or something. Part for the course. Uh, these days with I Matthew. want to acknowledge something. It is August the what day is it? The third. Mm. It feels nice in here. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I'm, what you're saying is you're nice. glad we're not outside. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's it. We for for. Uh, Seven months of this year, we have griped about the temperature in this mm-hmm. room, and mm-hmm. I just want to acknowledge it feels. I'm, nice I'm finally comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of normal in here today. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know if it's because it's so warm outside or if it's uh, <laughs> just regulated in here. I don't know what that is, but it is thankful nice. for it. Yeah. Sure. Um. Well, anything going on with you guys? It's fun and exciting. I know you're running out of here. Yeah, policy development season. Yeah, this is kicked off, so we're going to Woodruff County at yeah. lunch today. Okay, uh, and then just got back from the beach. Yeah, how was that? It was work. Was it not like work work? Right, right, right. But just with a ten month old on the beach and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, you gotta haul he out has there. to have an, two naps a day, so you only get like maybe an hour at the most on the beach. And then you have to yeah. take him back. You know, so much yeah. sand. I don't like sand. Yeah, do y'all do but like the little kiddie pool? Like the little kiddie pool for them playing so they don't have sand we all over that. them or whatever. Yeah, or we brought cool. a little yeah. like blow-up kiddie pool to put on the beach there. He really liked that. Yeah. Uh, he didn't really know what to do with the waves and stuff. He just kind of... Sure. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. You I've know, got like I've sensory got a, overload. Yeah, I've got a, a video of our kiddo when we... The first time we took her, we were on the West Coast, but when that water came in, it hit her feet. She's like, ah. yeah. she, and she kind of freaked out and didn't know what to do. Of course, it's colder water out there. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But we ate yeah. good, had a good time. Good. You know, look, here's the deal on that kiddie pool mm. situation. We were kids. Yeah. 
they just threw us out there, man. Yeah. You lucky if you had sunscreen on. Yeah, I'll now, see you in a few hours. Don't come in, don't come back inside. Now my kids got long sleeve swimsuit, a hat, mm-hmm. sunscreen, you know, yep. all this stuff. It's like, man, they just chunked us out there. <laughs> hope you hope you do fine. It's probably where all these freckles I got come from. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, do y'all do you is it a big production if you guys take the grandkids to uh, some sort of water? activity you guys usually sort of a layer up well whatever, yeah you know? i mean usually that's on the parent mm-hmm. so we try to play that card yeah. yeah but uh i can't say that we've ever really fully owned a uh water excursion or anything like that okay well that's good you know we've met them there yeah yeah uh but uh well stay in that role if you can. Uh, that's the plan. <laughs> that's that, the plan. In that that's, lane. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh our, we've hit this magical place with our kiddo. She she she'll be eight next month. Yeah. She can do her own sunscreen. Oh. Um so like they go to the pool and her summer care mm-hmm. and she that's part of her thing, getting ready in the morning. I'm like, man, that's that makes sense a little easier. Yeah. 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 Anthony's not at that point at ten months old yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, but I would take her as a ten month old tomorrow, just because you know you miss that. Once it's gone, it's yeah, gone. It's I gone. miss I miss that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. So, we enjoyed it. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he did too. Oh, I bet they're I bet, saying. I bet truck. he'll talk all about it in the next <laughs> year or two. Yeah. He'll tell you all about the <laughs> trip that this summer. Uh, anyway, uh, well, speaking of of weather and and outdoors and getting in the water, uh, I think we're in the middle if I heard correctly, of the three hottest days of the year. Probably. Um, yesterday, which would have been Wednesday, Thursday, today, and tomorrow, Friday. I think today's going to be hot. I think the actual temperature in Little Rock at least is going to be like 105. Mm-hmm. Um, heat index 115 plus. Um, Not my kind it's of weather. Just not, it's, we have hit that point where anybody you run into is going to talk about the weather. Yeah. Um, so totally. So, so at um, this point, are we the closest to the sun as we're going to get all year? Uh, that I was having a conversation we're talking with about a buddy of mine the other night about day length, and we are on the decline, right? Mm-hmm. July is the longest days that we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how that sort of interacts with proximity to the sun. I don't either. I did go out and look at the supermoon the other night, though. Did you? Uh, the first, the night of the first. Yeah, Tuesday night. Um, hmm. dude, that was cool. There's a lot of great pictures online. Uh, there, I was telling Matthew as a photographer, uh, there's another super moon the last day of the month, and then in the middle, there's uh, supposed to be a meteor shower. Uh, oh, somewhere wow. along the way. So, I'll have to check that out. Very pretty, nice. Well, active I read somewhere that uh, right now uh-huh. is going to be about the last time we'll be able to visibly see the rings of Jupiter. Oh, interesting. Uh, just because of the the shift in the way the atmosphere is and everything. Yeah. So photographers are trying to, you know, capitalize See on that, that right yeah. now. So that stuff is amazing to me. Yeah. And I've always kind of been into that 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 kind of thing. Uh otherwise in the in the weather it is getting drier. Um and I want to give you credit. I've said this probably Uh-oh. ten times off air. But the last time we were in this room, yeah, you said Wettest, by the way, we had the West July on yeah. record, but you said, I have a feeling, and it's not a good one, mm-hmm. that we may be heading into a 
a drought period. I mean, that doesn't take a rocket scientist, but I appreciate that. Yeah. I've lived long enough to know that we're going to go through a drought at some point. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think and it's hot. It just, you, I don't know the science behind it by any means, mm-hmm. but it's just, you get some abnormal amount of rain like that. Eventually it's just going to shut off. And last year it shut off like what, June? Yeah. 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 So, um, and, and we'll then speak again about in October but later, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I was looking at the drought map yesterday mm-hmm. and, what pasture land was a you know at good or excellent this time last year mm-hmm. was uh, awful compared to now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. This was the time where folks were starting to worry about that hay inventory. Yeah, and we're gonna talk. We'll, like you said, we'll talk a little bit about that um, here today. But I, I did see there's some dry soil issues in the delta. It looked to be about Phillips County north and sort of curving around back to yeah. the west. And then um, we're starting to see those drought conditions uh, up in north, north central mm-hmm. uh, part of the state, Matthew's uh, home area um, up there. So we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that. Uh, but I'll tell you something that was not dry, my friend. What's up? Yesterday, my favorite, one of my favorite events in Far Bureau, mm. the folks from Hempstead County they showed brought us up some watermelon. with a trailer full and i did not get a picture i wish i would have a trailer full of watermelons from Hempstead county yeah they did boy oh boy this guy over here offered to take a watermelon to my truck for me i did and he did i i offered now i feel like i'm in debt to him you are for doing such a nice thing nobody brought me a watermelon (laughs) well (laughs) that uh that that shows where you and i measure up with this guy here uh mark lambert said he was taking one to your truck i don't know (laughs) well I had to skip out early, so I, I, I did that see I one that, down in front of the HR. They, uh, I know they brought all the ones office. that didn't get picked up down there, gotcha. so we'll snag gotcha. you one after this. That would be nice. Yeah, right. we'll get you one. Right. Uh, but man, I, I just love that they're big smile on faces, the biggest chunks of watermelon you've ever seen, and then everybody. We don't have a chance to engage with the entire building very often, but everybody just out on the picnic table yep. eating uh, watermelon and chatting. I saw a couple folks. Uh, names i'll uh, leave out uh having a watermelon seed spitting contest uh <laughs> and it was just i may or may not have been a part of that <laughs> are there photos or uh, video of this you know anywhere? I, did? I did not i did not uh but it was it was pretty fun okay. uh jared was agging them on yeah did you go against uh stanley uh, I did. Or had he already uh, fallen out of the bracket? Stanley was the focal point. I just so happened to jump in. And, oh, okay. You know, if we're going right, to compete, yeah. you know, I, I got to be there to represent So your myself. trap shoot group had a name. Would your speed <clears throat> seed spinning group? No, we didn't or? We didn't get that far. I just kind of walked into <laughs> it and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll <laughs> hop into this competition. Then, so. You know, I, I, I beat him and then I left. Well, no rebuttals. I certainly <laughs> snagged one. We'll get Brian one. Uh, and they were. I mean, Hempstead County watermelons oh. live up to their name. They do. I will say that. Um, Absolutely. I ate way too much yesterday. So, yeah, <laughs> I did too. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on a little bit here. A few highlights from the crop progress report. We're going to be a little bit abbreviated today for time. Uh, the theme of the crop quality report is decreased quality. I mean, that's just as simple as I can make it. Uh, so let's take a quick look. The Arkansas corn crop saw a drop of 10 plus percent in the last couple of weeks with just above half the crop now rated at good to excellent and another quarter of the crop in the fair column. Uh, cotton also took a 10-plus percent hit hmm. in quality rating. Now it's around 65% uh, good to excellent and 20% rated as fair. 
Uh, Peanuts also took a hit. Peanuts were the star of the show. They were at 90% good to excellent, but now at 75%. Uh, That being said, only 1% of that crop is in the very poor column. Uh, Rice, the exception to the rule here. Rice seems to actually have made an improvement since the last time we reported, uh, with nearly 70% of the crop in good to excellent condition now. Uh, And just a note, today is the rice field day down in Stuttgart, so I bet they'll be talking uh, about crop quality and challenges down there. Obviously, they'll be looking for some air conditioner when they can find it. Um, Oh, yeah. And then that uh, RMA uh, listening session uh, happening from 1 to 3 o'clock at the Rice Research Extension Center after that event. So, anyway, if you're around Stuttgart, make time for that. Um, And then moving on to soybeans, uh, we continue the theme of lower quality over our last report, which is 60% of the crop now in the good to excellent column. We're hanging around that five-year average for crop progress on yep. beans, so that's a good sign, uh, but the quality seems to uh, be lagging a tad. Uh, and then finally, just putting these two things together this week, livestock and hay conditions just continue to struggle. We'll talk a little bit about cattle inventory, yep. I think, next. Yep. Um, but anyway, we just continue to see challenges there uh, in a number of ways. All of these things uh, seriously can be chalked up to weather uh, for the most part, yeah, I haven't heard absolutely. any of the big army worm talk that we've had in in the last couple of years or no. anything like that. I think it's all probably weather. Yeah, for the most part, it is. I mean, again, we've got a little bit more rain this summer than we did last summer, but it's still not great. Yeah, I talked to a friend of mine last night, farm in Iowa, and she said um, they were getting pretty crispy up there, mm-hmm. and asked how things were here. I was like, well, you know, we can irrigate. Yeah, uh, it just cost more money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, talking to some people last yeah. week that sounded like they had every single well on the farm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, speaking of that, coming back from the beach, I saw some corn that had been cut. Oh, really? In uh, Mississippi. Yeah. And I yeah. saw a bunch of beans that were turning already. Really? So We're at 2% uh, colored up on beans here in Arkansas. But I, I'd heard, I talked to maybe Jeremy Ross, um, but he had mentioned that they were, had 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 already gotten into some corn uh, in Mississippi and Louisiana. Yeah. I think. Well, I, I think bet it won't be long before he told us at O and L that I think I mentioned this in the last podcast that they had already cut some beans. Maybe that was in it. Uh, yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, let's move on. All right, going to the news now. So yeah. across the country, cattle inventory continues to fall. Uh, however, drought conditions have improved from last year. Uh, Monday, ag economist Bernd Nelson of American Farm Bureau put. Uh, published a uh, detailed article regarding the declining U.S. cattle inventory. He also gave some insight on drought conditions across the country and how that uh, compares to last year. Uh, Nelson sourced his information from USDA's USDA's July semi-annual cattle inventory report. Estimates from the report show all cattle and calves in the U.S. totaled 95.9 million head, which is down 3% Mm. compared to last year's July report. He notes that most analysts expected inventory to only be down 2.3% or 96.3 million heads, so it's worse than what they had predicted. Mm -hmm. This is the lowest cattle and calves inventory since 2014 when inventory dropped to 95.7 million head. Also, which is a little bit more intriguing, is beef cattle were estimated at 29.4 million head, marking a 52-year low for beef cattle. Surprise in the country. The last time inventory levels were this low, the five-market area – uh, average, which is uh, includes Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, uh, then Kansas, Nebraska, and then Iowa and Minnesota counted together. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the five market area Fed steer prices rose about 30% from July 2013 to July 2014. As of July 2023, the five market market average uh, is currently 184.21 hundredweight and is about 27% greater than 2022. Wow. And that sounds good. But Nelson reports that his numbers, uh, these numbers seem high, but after adjusting for inflation over the ah. last decade to be equivalent to that number or average price received in July, uh, uh, to be equivalent to that number, that price would have to jump to 203.51 hundredweight. Ah, I yeah. see. So as far as calf crop goes, it is down as well at 2% from July 2022 uh, with a total estimated inventory of 33.8 million. Okay. But I found that pretty interesting. You know, that price has gone up because the supply is down, mm-hmm. right? But since inflation's so high and input costs are so expensive, that it's not even close to what they were getting in 2013 and 2014. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is fascinating. So according and demand's up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. According to USDA's report, all cattle and calves on feed are down to 11.2 million head, which is 2% drop from July 2022. However, placements of cattle into feedlots were up 3% from last year. Nelson notes that this may seem good, but not for the long term. Increased uh, placements means farmers are not holding those cattle back for replacement purposes and will cause tightening of supplies later. And this is very similar to what Jake Cartwright predicted uh, in our drought article last year. I sent him a note the other day because I one of the things that I'd read was that not only are there these cattle going to these cattle going to feedlots, but mm-hmm. they're going greener. Yeah, they're still pretty green. And I asked him if he could pull together any insight or yeah. had any, any thoughts on that as well. So we might be able to pick that back. Yeah, up. Yeah, I know he's working on something similar to that. So uh, just to continue here, we got a little bit more left. Although drought conditions remain for the central Midwest, uh, as you were saying, your buddy in Iowa. Mm-hmm. USDA reports that 44% of all pasture acres are in good to excellent condition. Compared to this time last year, that number was 22% mm-hmm. uh, of U.S. pastures were rated good to excellent. Due to improvement of drought conditions and better calf prices, Nelson believes farmers have more incentive to begin holding back cattle for breeding purposes rather than placing them on feed. Uh, this is evident by the 12% drop in slaughter cow numbers since July 2022, mm-hmm. and the number of heifers and calves on feed was unchanged from June in June in the July cattle uh, on feed report. Right. Nelson sees this as a sign that there is still more contraction in the industry and will likely continue to continue through at least 2024. Before the cattle inventory can begin expanding again, farmers will have to start withholding heifers for replacements rather than placing them on feed. Until then, he expects to see heifers on feed decline compared to over uh, overall uh, cattle on feed. Okay. It's important to remember that the industry goes through contraction and expansion cycles, mm-hmm. similar to a roller coaster. Mm. It's probably the easiest way I can yeah, picture it yeah. or describe it. Yeah. Although the industry has been in a contraction phase over the last five years, these low inventory numbers and high pri- prices typically occur before an expansion in the industry. So when that happens, cattle supplies what grow. What goes down must go up. Exactly. <laughs> Cattle supplies grow, and we will eventually see a drop in prices. Okay. So we're, we're talking about supply and demand here again, Jason. Well, how about that? <laughs> how about that? Although inventory and slaughter numbers are down, demand for domestic beef has been strong. Per capita production is down uh, only 1.5% since 2022 at 58 pounds per person. Mm-hmm. This is considerably impressive given that the average price of all uncooked ground beef is at a record level of $4.86 per pound. Yeah. So people yeah. are still buying beef, although 
we're at the highest price that it's probably ever been. I know. It's, it's kind of crazy to see. Uh, internationally, countries such as Argentina and New Zealand are facing the same drought and production issues as we're seeing here at home. Mm-hmm. However, U.S. beef export sales are down 14% compared to last year's levels. The biggest drop in sales can be contributed to Japan and South Korea, but increased sales to Mexico and Canada have helped. Uh, just to kind of sum this up, like I said earlier, what Jake Cartwright wrote uh, in his article last summer concerning the drought, the industry is contracting. It will it will be another year or two at least before we see a reversal in this. Well, that uh, aligns exactly with what Jake said. Yep. He said it, we would be in that position for, for quite some time, and it seems like that's holding true uh, with data points to yep. back that up now. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. So we're a year... From the drought last year, pretty mm-hmm. much to the date, uh, we're seeing the conditions that we thought we were going to see, mm-hmm. and we're probably going to continue to see this issue with pasture, hay production, as well as cattle inventory for the next year or two. Well, we know we're we seeing back it. To where we were. Well, I mean, we just reported from the from the um, uh, crop quality report. We reported on poor conditions in both livestock, yes, and hay. Um, and I'll be honest with you, these are the these were the July numbers. Well, we just talked about at least for Arkansas having the wettest July on record. Yeah. I mean, what would be really interesting if August is a dry month? Mm-hmm. Does where does this change? What what happens here? So we'll uh, see. It's all about the weather. It is. <laughs> I mean, honestly. All right, we're going to take an early short break uh, from the news to hear a reminder about keeping rural roads safe this time of year. Arkansas farmers and ranchers work seven days a week. That means when you hit the road, you may be sharing it with farm equipment, especially if you're traveling along rural roads and county highways. Farm equipment moves slower than our pickup trucks and minivans. They may not have the safety lights and turn signals of our family vehicles either. The trucks and tractors moving down the road need extra room to make turns, cross bridges, and move through intersections too. We all get in a hurry sometimes, but it's important that we all stay safe, no matter if we're headed to buy groceries or grow them. So next time you're cruising past a pasture or field, keep an eye out for farmers. They'll be sure to keep an eye out for you too. If we all work together, we can make sure Arkansas is cultivating safe roads. It's so important that we work together to keep each other safe on the roads. This time of year, you may find yourself on the road with a farmer moving hay or moving large equipment, especially in rural Arkansas. Let's just all be sure to keep help one another cultivate safe roads. Now let's get back to the news. All right, you're up again. Me again. <laughs> all right, so August is marked as Arkansas Catfish Month, and now there is a push for August to also become National Catfish Month. It was announced Tuesday that Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas has introduced a resolution that would establish August as National Catfish Month. According to the senator's news release, the resolution would recognize the contribution of catfish to the American economy and commends catfish farmers and workers. Senator Cotton was quoted saying, With Arkansas producing the third most catfish in America, I'm proud to introduce this resolution recognizing August as National Catfish Month. We should celebrate this American classic that is important to both Arkansas and our country's economy. So given this news, mm-hmm. as an economist... I thought it would be a good idea to highlight some. Uh, How's um, about that? Yeah, highlight some uh, numbers that uh, what catfish contributes to not only the country but uh, to our state here. 
is it true or false you used to uh, manage uh, the catfish commodity here? Uh, that is very true. Okay, yeah. so we're talking from uh, talking to an expert it's here. It's been a while. Uh, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I entered it as not an expert, and I probably left still not as an expert. <laughs> uh, although I did enjoy Complicated it. Complicated business. It is a, it's a whole different beast. Altogether. Yeah, so, no doubt. So catfish is the largest U.S. aquaculture sector with a with the uh, with the major producing states being Alabama, Arkansas, and Mississippi. Mm-hmm. As of July 1st, 2023, these states totaled 50,300 water surface acres of production or the ponds that these catfish are kept in. Okay. Uh, of that 50,300, Arkansas accounts for 3,400 acres. Okay. That's actually about 200 acres down from last year. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I'll go into note here later how much that's fallen over the last 50, 60 years. Yeah. Wow. Uh, in a 2019 sur- survey funded by USDA, it was concluded that the catfish industry contributed for $1.91 billion to the U.S. economy in 2019. Okay. Uh, and accounted for 9,166 jobs across those three states that I mentioned earlier. Okay. Uh, also, Arkansas's catfish industry contributed $19.5 million to Arkansas's agricultural economy in 2021. Nice. Uh, it is also said that Arkansas is the birthplace of the commercial catfish industry, with at least two farms selling catfish as far back as 1950. Oh, wow. So by 1966, Arkansas had 4,500 acres in catfish production and three processing plants. Uh, so we've lost about a thousand acres. We've lost about a thousand, and I'm pretty sure we don't have any processing plants here in the state. Anymore. Yeah, wow. I think that's all moved over to Mississippi. Tough business. It is. It, it's a very difficult business that never stops. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a lot of hard, backbreaking labor. Yeah, yeah. And mm, it's a very unique industry. I'll yeah, a buddy. My, I went to college with a buddy whose uh, dad was a catfish farmer in uh, Southeast Missouri, and yeah. Uh, Man, the stories he would tell, the challenges they they faced. Yeah, you know they had um, a pretty good time. I guess that timeline of like early '80s, late '80s, early '90s mm-hmm. was really like people were taking row crop ground out, out putting yeah. catfish ponds huh. in, and then it reversed back at, at some point. And the, and the guys you have in catfish now, at least in the state of Arkansas, they're very established. Mm-hmm. Roots are in the ground, and um, uh, it's a do we see small new, population of people that produce a large amount of catfish? Do we see new Catfish farmers, is that a thing? No, I think catfish farming is even harder to get in than into than it is just to get into row crop wow. or even wow. cattle. I mean, yeah. you've got to have a good amount of land. You've got to you've got to really manipulate that land to build those ponds, and you've got to mm-hmm. have specific equipment that's not cheap oh. and infrastructure to produce to, catfish yeah. to do that. Okay, yeah. well, good little bit about catfish. I bet uh, I'll give you a fifty fifty shot that you're having catfish for lunch. I might. <laughs> you know, PD season is the barbecue and catfish tour. That's what I mean, so, yeah. Uh, uh, we'll see. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, the last story of the day comes from Mary Hightower at the UA Division of Ag and focuses on an interesting decision from India. Mm. As of July 20th, India has banned exports of non-Basmati white rice. Uh, and according to the reporting, India has been consistently the largest exporter of rice for the last decade mm. averaging more than 21 million metric tons wow. or 40 percent of global rice exports in the last two marketing years the non-basmati sorry the non-basmati rice category uh represents 7 million metric tons of rice exported uh annually the story says that there's no single country that could fulfill 
that export vo- export void voluntarily. Wow. Yeah. So according to uh, Alvaro Duran uh, Marat, uh, associate professor and agricultural economist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Ag, the India's uh, the Indian government's action was driven uh, by concerns uh, quote for the food security situation of the population there there and also concerns about potential weather events that may actually result in lower production. Our own economist Brandy Carroll, your teammate, yes, uh, spoke with the uh, Arkansas Democrat Gazette earlier this week on what this could mean for Arkansas rice producers. In that conversation, Brandy predicted that farmers won't see much increase for their uh, price for their crop, uh, noting that supply of rice is forecasted to be up this year, supply and demand Mm -hmm. uh, sounder. Uh, A point that we reported on uh, with the most recent WASD numbers uh, a couple weeks ago. You can see the extent of Brandy's comments in the Dem Guys this week. Uh, That story ran yesterday, so Wednesday. Um, and we'll continue following the story as it develops, but um, certainly uh, some interesting news from India. What's the deal with Basmati rice? Or what's well, the deal with non-Basmati rice? Well, they just say uh, they want to hold on to some of it uh, in case it's needed for their population. Now, if you read that story, it also talks to Jeff Rutledge, who's representing USA Rice there, um, and they talk about uh, this sort of pattern in history mm-hmm. of price manipulation from the Indian yeah. government, subsidies that go into their farm. Things like this, so you know, I think there's a tad bit of skepticism, but one one thing that you can't debate is this export ban. I mean, that certainly yeah. exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, we'll we'll like I said, we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, Brandy seemed to be fairly certain that this won't have a, a ton of impact for well, that's uh, good our producers. So uh, that wraps us up on the news uh, for this week. I just want to know, you know, what did you guys think when you went to see Barbie? I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, might I did get not you. know. Uh, I thought I might get you. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't uh, think you were going to go there. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ah, uh, no, really. You know, we had the what do they call it? The Barbenheimer yeah. Uh, yeah. opening last right. Friday. Yep. Did y'all go? See, I, obviously, I seen okay. So you yet. say you didn't see. Him. Did you see either? I haven't seen Oppenheimer okay. either. Okay. Yeah. I want to. Oh, I thought I'd try and catch you guys off guard. So. No, I haven't <laughs> seen either one. Successful, <laughs> sir. Ah, anyway, well, there we go. I'm, you always bring some kind of pop culture or something. Well, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. So I've been holding a few back. Okay. But, well, good. Um, ironically, this week is all about some branding. Okay. Um, okay. So, I like it. Wanted to see some of our popular uh, cultural items. If uh-huh. you know some of the origin story, so okay. we'll find out. Oh. We'll find out how well you know uh, some of that. But okay, I'm in. All right, first one. This uh, seems incredibly obscure, by the way. It is <laughs> highly, highly. Probably nothing easy like Oreos. Or yeah, no. Uh, Close. Yeah. Mountain Dew. Okay. Uh, what was the Original slogan for Mountain Dew. Mm. It wasn't Dew. Tap the Dew, mountains. Was oh, that may have been. It was neither of those. Okay, Do the Dew. You said. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Right, you're gonna cringe when I tell you, but okay. And there's no way you would have guessed it. I don't think. Okay. Unless you're just a huge Mountain Dew fan, you. But <laughs> yeah. Yahoo Mountain Dew. It'll tickle your innards. 
No, How old is Mountain that. Dew? That's I, the next question. I thought yeah. it was like, you know. It's pretty old, I thought. My age. Yeah, it's it's pretty old. If you look at some of the cans, like yeah. the designs of the cans, mm-hmm. it's it's very old. But, uh, yeah, but, I never would have guessed that one. Don't they have that, like, kind of iconic hillbilly, iconic hillbilly type uh, yeah. character on it? Yeah. <laughs> well, they went from that to the extreme sport sort of. Or I grand- should say moonshiner. <laughs> 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 no, but I did see a meme about that recently. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes, by the way. That my, one of my favorite comedians is uh, Brian Regan. Yeah, and he said, "If you if you ever watched that show, Shiners, like mm-hmm. Moonshiners, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you got these guys out in the woods. They're like, wow, wow, we're making shine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last time I checked, moonshine is legal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go down here and buy it. I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's so hilarious. That's, that's pretty funny. My grandfather used to. Pour a three quarters glass of uh, unsweet tea and top it off with Mountain Dew. Ooh, okay, kind of weird. I don't know well, what that was about. Oh, he he would eat anything, man. There was there was no holes barred. Not the weirdest I've heard, but uh, that, yeah, that's uh, in that category. I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right, continue on the soft drink theme. Okay. What was the soft drink Pepsi originally introduced as? Mm. Uh, medication. <laughs> <laughs> that was on brand for back then. Let's, but I think what you're was going the for name? a name. Yeah, yeah. what oh, was it originally name. named? Uh, but it may have been medication. Hmm. I, don't I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Again, I don't think you'll get this one yeah. either. Okay. Brad's drink. Brad's drink. No, nope, I wouldn't have got that. No. Nope. So, no nope. chance. Um, And our favorite search engine, at least most popular these days Uh everyone you know it's turned into kleenex but yeah it's a verb uh what was the original name for the search engine google Mm. did they buy out ask jeeves and then Uh, i was wondering if it was web crawler no Uh, no ask jeeves is also uh sort of the first one i can remember good good guess yeah i don't know back rub Talk about some branding uh, missteps, I'll say. (laughs) Back rub. That's where I was going with all three of them. (laughs) Hey, hey, uh, I need to back rub that. (laughs) (laughs) How do we get to? Well, I back rub this information. How do we get to Memphis? I back rub it. I'm gonna search this. (laughs) I'm gonna search this topic for a while. It's gonna take a while. Give me a back rub. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh boy. Speaking of uh, brands and becoming. You know, parts of speech like a verb or whatever. Uh, geez, to uh, X, you know. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a mess. Yeah. I think that that would that will make this in 30, 40 years. That will make this exact line of questioning I entirely. Think. It will, yeah, entirely. It will, gosh, what a I mess. Guarantee you that that the very like within 15 minutes of it mm-hmm. being announced, mm-hmm. someone had done that Photoshop of the. Like the Planet of the Apes with the bird on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I found that and just died laughing. I'm like, that is perfect. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. perfect. Oh, it's 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 been quite the saga. And we've talked about it before, but goodness gracious. There's not a quiet yeah. moment with no. Mr. Oh, no. Elon. Oh no. No, he thinks I think he thinks he knows what he's doing. Have you seen the video that's out there with the the blinking X on top of the building? Before it went away. No, it's 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 yeah, the, before it went away. Yeah. It was blinking. And someone's convinced it's Morse code, you know, and they're trying to decipher what that is. If you read the comments, 
on now X. If yeah. You, if you read yeah. all those. Oh, I'll go look Hilarious. that up. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. They're like just saying, oh, it's, if it was Morse code, it would be saying yeah. this. Not like just kind of auto One guy yeah. was like, I was, I studied Morse code. I, I was in the military. And he gives this long explanation why he's the expert. And then he says, this is what it's saying. And when you get to the bottom, yeah. it's just rubbish. <laughs> it's so funny. I just died laughing. It's uh, People are funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, people. The internet is hilarious. I'll just <laughs> tell you that. Well. I know we got to get you on the road. Yeah, I gotta uh, get. we just cut out one bathroom's break worth of uh, extra time for you. Yeah, for your I, drive. I'm so. gonna have to go straight to the truck. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up the news for this week. Thanks for following along with the Arkansas AdCast. We're grateful for you taking the time to watch and or listen. Remember, you can catch new episodes of the show every Thursday afternoon. Find video episodes on Facebook and YouTube. Listen to the audio version on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure you subscribe and leave us a review when you have a few extra minutes. That's right. And always remember, the Arkansas AdCast is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau. I'm Jason Brown. And I'm John McMinn. And we'll see you next week.